Welcome to our Saturday simulcast brought to you by the Union Club Hotel. I think Tom Deanhart is in a union of his own right now at, uh, <laughs> at the University of Maryland. He broke it's into the dorms. It's not part of our official sponsorship package, but we we appreciate Mr. Deanhart's grit uh, for getting here and, uh, get, and and being able to share with us what was a Pretty wild Purdue victory today over Maryland, 31-29, to 29, and the Boilermakers get the win. We want to thank the Union Club Hotel. Oops, there you go. And um, and, uh, and the 811 Bistro, the Boiler Up Bar. Probably a happening place a little bit tonight as Purdue is finding itself in a very good position after a very uh, crazy, wild, whatever word you want to use, a, a victory at Maryland uh, that uh, – a lot of plays in that last uh, last quarter that uh, were very memorable. Tom, uh, just your initial comments. Jeff Brom obviously relieved and, and happy with this win. And really right now, uh, the table is set for Purdue to, to, to continue to set sail in this month of October that you've talked about, about how important it's been. Purdue is uh, off to a good start. Whoop, lost your audio there, Tom. Flip up your – there you go. Hello? Yep, here, just a little bit higher. There you go. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 two you heard my question. Did you hear my question? Yeah, I heard your question. Okay. All right, fire away. Yeah, 2-0 and in October. Obviously, winning both these games on the road is huge. Going to Minnesota and winning uh, when Aiden O'Connell's not 100%. And then, of course, uh, getting the win today at Maryland was, was, uh, was another big one. A lot of adversity today as well. The offense – really went into a malaise in the third quarter there with what turnovers on three consecutive possessions. What was amazing about that, guys, was uh, Purdue didn't allow one point off any of those three turnovers. So the defense continues to maybe be, uh, for a second year in a row, the, the real underlying story of success to this program. Um, still has yet to allow a 100-yard rusher this year. Has only allowed one run over 20 yards. And guys, for the third game in a row, too, the defense was on the field and delivered a, a, a play to, to seal victory, right? They did it against Florida Atlantic with a forced fumble. You had the interception, of course, last week at Minnesota. And today they got the stop on the on the two-point conversion pass by, by Maryland in the end. So, well, you got a defense playing like that. It's got to give your program a lot of confidence. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and uh, uh, as good as it played, and, of course, uh, Maryland – uh, obviously had the big drive after the what was the game winning which could the game leading touchdown the pass from Aiden O'Connell to uh to get to Purdue ahead but you have to be impressed with that Brian your look your thoughts after this win this is a team that uh, at least uh, today and against like Tom said against Florida Atlantic against Minnesota has found ways to win in a in a what was a tough uh you know and also the first time i think since 2006 that they've won back-to-back games or at least in consecutive weeks where they were the road underdogs so pretty impressive yeah i feel so bad that i'm so comfortable here when tom is going <laughs> through, going through. He's trying to find a little quiet spot this is like a food court you got a chick-fil-a i can pick you guys up some panda express maybe too oh <laughs> uh, i can use some of that all right there you go um yeah no it, it's I, I have no idea what you just asked me. I asked you about something. Just your your reflections, Brian. Please. I think you know you could scroll just to the fourth quarter of all these games, and you know Purdue's cramming all of its productivity into the fourth quarter, into the final five minutes. Actually, this is two weeks in a row. This is incredible. Two weeks in a row, 
their only points of the second half came on their final two possessions. This game mirrored the Minnesota game in an uncanny manner. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it's really positive for Purdue that they've been able to survive these two games. They did so with Aiden O'Connell being less than 100%, Charlie Jones finally being taken away. Um, you're still asking too much of the defense. You still got to score more. I mean, you just have to you just have to get more points on the board leading up to these climactic moments uh, at the end yeah. of these games. Now, it, it's profoundly um, positive for Purdue that they've been able to win both of these games in the sort of manic manner that they weren't able to win those games earlier on in the season. But I think you still can do a bit of a better job staying out of these positions in the first place. And the turnovers uh, today were kind of the culprit. That's six turnovers now in uh, two games on the road, uh, all three in the first half last week, I think, all three in the second half this week, right? Yeah, and you won them both. against. That's, you know. that's a hard way to win. Yeah, um, it is a hard way to win. And if per- Purdue could just do a little bit better job over the first 55 minutes of games kind of greasing the tracks for itself to win uh you know i i don't think they would have to survive the way they did but that they survived the way they did you know speaks to real maturity a real clutch gene especially you know from aiden o'connell from that defense uh and whatnot obviously the defense gave up the late touchdown um but getting the stop on on the two-point conversion um obviously was a big big deal um you're still asking too much of your defense yeah yeah and i think it i think that's a two thing i i it's right we don't take questions on the show but i thought i got a good one from a, a female friend and view and every week viewers she wanted to ask why is childhood childbirth easier to handle than watching proof football closeout halves uh that's a fair question but <laughs> but um you know the interesting thing is at the end of the first half, calamity with the, you know allowing a last uh, – and I don't know whether Corey Trice, whether they blew coverage there, and you guys may have seen that better than I did. Uh, and then, of course, the end of he the game. He was probably but, supposed to have help behind him, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I, I would guess somebody, somebody just didn't show up on that play. But talk about, Tom, there was just a ton of strategy, a ton of things that were interesting at the end of this game. This game. Um, <laughs> With the exception, you know, Jeff Brom deciding to score on third down uh, as opposed to fourth, which I think was the right thing. I think he couldn't risk that. And even some people asking, well, why didn't they go for two? Well, no, you don't go for two in that situation. You got to have the eight point lead, in my opinion. Uh, They did the right thing. It all ended up well, but uh, boy, does it make for interesting college football. Yeah, you had to just uh, kick the extra point and go up by eight there. You'd be crazy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, yeah, of course, that was a big point of, of conversation after the game in the post-game press conference was the strategy there, right? Um, he didn't want to score too quick, but Jeff Rom talked about how he wanted to try to make Maryland use as much time as possible and or actually for Purdue to use as much time as possible and then also to get Maryland to burn its timeouts, which it yeah. did. So uh, there was a bit of gamesmanship there. And uh, they did score on the third down after O'Connell ran on second down. And um, they left Maryland, I think, with 40 seconds, I want to say. Yeah, and time really no, wasn't no, a factor. No, 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 no. We, we, won, we had one twenty left on the clock after they scored. Yeah. Now, the, the other point of thinking was, I guess, don't score at all. Leave them with the ball at the one-yard line. And probably at that point, you can maybe get the clock down to 40 seconds, give the ball to Maryland with about 40 seconds to go on the one yard line. They got to get about 60 yards to get in the field goal range with no timeouts. 
So that was another option too. But you know, you, you could slice it, I guess, any different way you want. There are, there are a couple of different ways you could have approached this and probably still been able to justify your, your, your line of thinking. Certainly helps when you win, makes your strategy look like it's the right strategy. But boy, that was a harrowing time, guys. Uh, you know, Maryland goes down and scores that 18 yard touchdown. And then, of course, a two point conversion gets called back and they have to run it again. They, they throw it out of bounds. So just a crazy last uh, last few moments of that ball game. You know, yeah, I, I think, Tom, uh, you don't – if you lay it at the one-yard line, I see 59-yard field goal in my future if I'm pretty – the way things way things seem to roll yeah. out. No, I, I think they, you got to score there. They've got, a, they, they've got a very good kicker. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen him. I think – didn't he kick for Eastern Michigan when Purdue yeah. played him last time yeah. in 2017 yeah. or 2018 or whenever that was? Yep. So – um, yeah, I, I'm with you. You got to score, and you can argue the one thing, but the, the extra down or not. But as it turned out, they scored quickly. I don't think time really was all that big of a factor as it turned out. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, you know, you, you give now the road ahead, uh, and we have to start looking at that. Nebraska gets a win at Rutgers. They will come into West Lafayette for a night game next week, which will probably be a pretty crazy environment. The game's already sold out. Um, that's going to be a fun environment for Purdue fans, certainly. Wisconsin <laughs> blows out Northwestern. That's not – that's a surprise, the amount. My point is, uh, you had mentioned off-air, you don't want to sleep on these interim interim coach situations. Don't just start counting victories for Purdue just yet as the Boilermakers wake, make their way through the back half of the schedule. Yeah, I think that the interim coaches are going to have a say in who wins the Big Ten West. I mean, the way those two teams are playing, yeah. Wisconsin just beat – Northwestern forty-two to seven. Yeah, I know Northwestern is not good. Not I was going to use a more colorful term, but yeah. uh, decorum prevents me from doing that here. Yes, um, I, I, I think those are going to be tough games, uh, and I think you know Purdue's got to play better. I mean, Purdue still has to shore up some things. They've got to be more productive over the first fifty-five minutes of games. You know, uh, they got to give their defense more margin for error. You know, from an offensive perspective, I think today, if you just didn't turn the ball over, I think you were good enough, you know, to put 30-some points on the board in advance of the final few minutes of the game, uh, where your last touchdown basically was conceded to you after you made the big play on on, on the Payne-Durham thing. I, I thought it was hilarious how I assume Purdue burned those first two downs at the goal line because they assumed that Maryland was going to let them score the way Minnesota yeah. did. Yeah, There's yep. just something inherently hilarious about uh, a team allowing another team to score and the other team being in position just to say, nah, we're good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I think Purdue can just do a better job offensively, just making a couple more big plays, cutting down a couple of turnovers, and I think you're that close to being you know, pretty good. You just gotta, You just got to do it. Tom, did you get any sense, uh, maybe in person or maybe post-game, of I thought Aiden O'Connell was really good. And I, I know in the third quarter they – you know, he got he got sacked and he and uh, whatever. Uh, his numbers were still pretty good at the end of the day. But do you get a sense of where he is on that percentage scale of is he 70, 80 percent? Uh, any feel from that and and uh, in terms of his performance? I mean, just to, just, it'd just be a wild guess, Alan. Um, I'll, I'll just say this from the way he played today, he's got to be close to 100 percent if he's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, hit about 73 percent of his passes, I think it was. 360 yards, two touchdowns, the pick. Um, remember this, too, the offensive line. 
you know, it, it's starting to get a little thin up there, guys. They're down to six really playable guys at this point. Daniel Johnson is I'm the, the, the word is he's, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. He may, he may be out for the year. So they're already down Cam Craig for the year. They could be down Daniel Johnson for the year. So they got about six guys uh, that they're, they're counting on to hold up here for the last six games. And O'Connell was sacked five times. There were eight tackles for loss as well. So the running backs had some issues in pass protection too. So did the tight ends. It wasn't all on the line. Jeff Brom tried to absolve them of all the blame. You know, he says a lot of guys are playing different positions up front too. He had Bo playing some tackle. He had Miller switching to the left to the right side. So a lot of moving parts up front. Um, but it wasn't a great day for the line overall. But, you know, like Brian said, they got it done in crunch time, scoring those 14 points. And to think about this, too, Charlie Jones, I think, had three catches for 15 yep. yards. Right. Uh, seven targets. Payne Durham was a story, obviously, today. Best game of the year by far. I think it was seven catches for over 100 yards. Of course, the big catch at the end, 56 yards. Sort of reminded me of that Music City Bowl catch, right? He was fighting guys off and rumbling and stumbling down there to get him to the two-yard line. So, big day for Payne uh, as far as catching the ball. And how about Mershon Rice? Yeah, Mershon Rice is big. <laughs> we have a Mershon Rice sighting. He hadn't caught a pass in Syracuse. I think he had maybe five catches today and a touchdown. So, uh, that was a guy that, that stood out uh, as well this afternoon. And Corday Sidner, too. I got to mention Corday Sidner. He was great. Big time. Two sacks, you know, two TFLs. He leads the team in sacks this year with four. You know, this is a team we all know that's aching for a real good pass rusher. Kydron Jenkins has flashed. You know, Scotty Humpich, he, he hasn't been 100%, guys. So he really hasn't stepped up. So maybe Sidner, remember, he's just a redshirt freshman. Maybe Sidney will be the elixir to maybe what ails Purdue when it comes to really getting a legitimate pass rusher off the edge. Yeah, I thought he was terrific and extremely – Cole Brevard made a big play in there as yeah. well. I mean, it does seem, Brian, that Mark Hagan or somebody's pushing the right buttons with those guys. It's, good, it's really as good a defensive line play as I've seen here you know, in quite a while. I mean, I, I, you know, yeah. it's, I don't know if you go back to 2003, but it's, it's close in terms of how well they're playing. Yeah, I thought Purdue definitely won the physical battle at the line of scrimmage uh, from a defensive perspective. I think a lot of guys did a lot of really good things, and I think that's set a very positive tone um, for uh, you know the whole game. I think that one of the overlooked plays here that I want to mention, I think it was Kydron Jenkins. All I could see was a four on his jersey. He was the high defensive end on the two-point conversion that failed. He was locked up with his guy, and he kept jumping to his outside shoulder to make sure that Tagovailoa didn't didn't uh, didn't get around the corner. Make sure he didn't break contain. That was really savvy defensive line play. That's a kid who's been coached. Assuming yep. he did this on purpose. I, I mean, I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he knew what he was doing and was just kind of flailing to try to get away from the block. But keeping Tagovailoa in the pocket on that two point conversion, I think, kind Huge. of made the play. Yeah. Um, because it, had he gotten outside the tackles, he might have been able to run for that conversion, or it might have opened up some new avenues for him to throw that ball. Just a really good game for the defensive line. A really good game for that defense, period. I mean, obviously yep. they made the one mistake before the half. They're entitled to making a mistake or two. Yeah, game. I agree. I agree. They just need help from the offense. That They just yeah. need some cushion on the scoreboard. So that when they make that mistake, it's not as grave as it might be otherwise. Um, but this defense the last two games has really come on. And now you have Jalen Graham back. And I thought he really showed up in the second half, made some really oh, yeah. nice plays. No doubt. Um, I think it was a big deal 
containing the, you know Maryland's quarterback. Go ahead. Things nine, out. Nine, yeah, nine tackles. Led the team with nine tackles. He had a big pass breakup. Had a TFL. Just his presence alone, yeah. I think, brings a lot to that uh, the psyche of the defense overall. And he said he felt fine after the game. You know, I had heard guys that he was really close to playing before the Minnesota game. I asked him that in the post game. He said he was close, um, but 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 wasn't able to suit up. We obviously saw him today and what he means to that defense. My gosh, you get that swagger, right? That intangible, having him back there makes everybody better. And, uh, boy, for a guy who hadn't played in since September 1st, he played a lot of snaps, and he seemed to hold up pretty well. Yeah. Brian, you were going to finish your point, too. Is there anything else you were going to add to the, to the uh, uh, Jalen Graham uh, uh I don't think so. I think okay. I said my piece. Okay. All right. All right. You know, Tom, I think Tom's order for Chick-fil-A and or Panda Express is up. And uh, we're going to we're going to let you. biology lecture. <laughs> Cue yeah. the, the <laughs> They've got a they got a Maryland dairy over here that's still open. Maybe I can get an ice cream cone. Ah, uh, that'd be good. Well, you know what? These shows, win or lose, do we, do our, we do our we do our best. I, I was cruising so good, guys. Triple Lindy, my best. Yeah. The guy comes up and goes, press box is closing in 15 minutes. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. But I wasn't going to fight the man. I was going to obey. So I'm sorry I have to do this under kind of – No, um, I like it. I like – I like circumstances. That you was look- your golden opportunity to drop a, do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They'd have called the cops. I'd be in handcuffs right now. I like I like your very studious dark uh, glasses. You guys both look look smarter than I am, which you are by definition. But that that part is good. So Tom, safe travels home. Um, you got an early early flight tomorrow, and there'll be a lot on the site as we look forward to what will be. No matter what you say, baby, it's going to be an interesting week. Just because there'll be a lot of, a lot of people excited about that game next week when Nebraska. Hey, real quick, comes. guys. Real yeah. quick, guys. Not, not that it really matters, but do you think Purdue will be ranked this week? Uh, I don't think so, but I don't know how far were they, how close were they? They weren't close at all yet. I think they, I think, I think they got some votes last week, but I can't remember how high. I don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's sort of it's, that's what doesn't feel right to me at, at this point, I, but that's just yeah, me. I mean, I, I don't know. Right. I haven't looked at everybody's resume. I mean, it, I think I'll tell right, you what Ryan. they they right. win their next two and they'll be ranked at six yeah. and two, but they got it. They got to get that done. So, uh, good question. Oh, good good food for thought. We'll ponder that uh, as we put our heads on the pillow tonight, and uh, and uh, hopefully, Tom, you get to do that relatively soon with your early flight. All right, guys, thanks so much. Always interested, interesting, and uh, this one even a little 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 spicier than usual. So that, that was a good thing. All right, guys, thanks again. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel, the 811 Bistro, the Union at Maryland also. You might as well thank them because uh, <laughs> they provided They provided. Yeah, – so I'm sure that Vicki Wicks and the gang at the Union Club Hotel will be happy to do that as well. But There's uh, a quick look for you. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of what's been got, what got finished at the basement of the of the union as well, where the uh, that uh, looks a little bit the same. So, all right, have a great week, everybody. Uh, like I said, these shows are at least for fans are always fun, a little more fun after Purdue wins. Uh, I think Purdue fans will have a good night uh, enjoying that. So, this guys, one and this one, this one is really authentic from the bunker, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a full it's a full fledged bunker. Yeah. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks again. We'll see you next week on our Saturday simulcast. So I would guess that it'll be Sunday before we do it because of that late game. That's kind of what we've done after those night games. 
but we'll 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 keep you posted. I know that none of you can can afford to not have this every week, so uh, we we will we'll deliver it in one form or another. So have a good week, all. Thanks so much.